How many are grateful for the goodness of God? Amen. You have your Bibles. Turn to uh, Genesis 18. We're going to look at another hero of the faith. And all the women will be glad today because we're looking at Sarah. And all the women said, Amen. We're looking at Sarah and Genesis chapter 18, and our word for the day is, is perseverance. So I want you to go to Genesis 18. We're going to look at this story, and I'm going to give you some, some uh, wonderful principles that you can live by today. And we're going to continue in our series, year-long series on heroes of the faith. And this is all started out of Hebrews chapter 11, where the writer just lists great men and women that we can look to and we can admire and we can learn from. The Bible says that they are a cloud of witnesses. They are up in heaven and they're cheering us on. And if Sarah were to say something to us today, she would say, don't give up. Persevere. Keep fighting. Don't throw in the towel. It's not over yet. She would cheer us on. So I want you to hear her speak over us today, cheering us on, telling us to live a life of uh, perseverance. You'll see in your notes that perseverance is, the, is the, the secret of all triumphs. Perseverance. It's the secret of all triumphs. So let's go to Genesis chapter 18, and uh, let's start at verse 9. If you're with me, let me hear an Amen. So Genesis chapter 18, this is the story of Abraham and God showing up to talk to Abraham and Sarah, and it starts out in verse 9 with a question, where's your wife Sarah, they asked him. Well, she's there in the tent. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind them. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master's old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord. I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. I love this story. Sarah, Sarah's got a little attitude. <laughs> kind of copping a little attitude, uh, saying that she was old and Abraham was old and now that I'm old, God's going to give me a son. And I kind of identify with that. We're going to talk about this in a few moments, but I think one of the keys to persevering is at times just laughing. Having a good attitude and laughing when times are difficult. Uh, uh, She was faced with turbulent times. In those days, if you could not produce children, you were frowned upon. It was... It was looked down on women that could not produce children. 
And so for her, this was a, a mental challenge. This was a spiritual challenge. And she, she had a little attitude. And the key that Sarah would say to us today as believers is that when things are tough, when things are difficult, when, when there's shame and you're discouraged and you feel like giving up, she would say to us, charge on. How many UCF fans do we have here today? Charge on. <laughs> Persist. Keep going. Don't give up. And uh, Sarah is a wonderful example that we can learn from today about how in turbulent times that we can make it through and we can see victory. Can I get an amen? So let me give you uh, some, so, some points that I believe are going to help us today. And these are all out of God's word. I'm going to give you six points that I believe can help you in turbulent times. When you are faced with turbulent times, difficult times, God, where are you? God, what's going on? How come I can't have a child? How come we can't have a, a family? How come I can't get out of debt? How come I can't get, get healed? When, when, when you are faced with difficult times, the key is perseverance. Look at your definition. Perseverance is the steady and consistent persistence in spite of difficulties, obstacles, and discouragement. How many of you have ever had obstacles in your life? Difficulties, discouragement. And it's so easy to want to quit. It's so easy to want to come up with excuses. It's so easy to, want to place blame. But persistence is consistently and steadily, in spite of difficulties and obstacles and discouragement, fight through that. And most times in your life and in my life, uh, when you are faced with obstacles and difficulties, it's usually a sign that you're doing things right. It's usually a sign that you're on the right track. It's usually, usually a sign that you are in God's will, and difficulties are going to come to all of us. And we need to hear Sarah say to us today, don't give up. Don't quit. I love uh, her name and the meaning of her name. And you know I'm going to give that to you. I mean, you know that. If you've been around Pine Castle for a while, you know that there's tremendous gold in the meaning of names. Her name means princess. I like that. When I hear that, I think class. I think of, I don't know why, I, I immediately thought of Princess Diana. Now, I'm not saying Princess Diana was, was perfect by any means, but she had a class about her. When you're in royalty and you're living like a princess, you have a way about you. You have a disposition about you. And can I remind you, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that you are a royal priesthood. You are royalty. And people are watching how you respond. People are watching how you react. People are observing, and we all need to, need to live a little bit more like kings and princesses. Not moping, not complaining, not griping, not placing blame, but when you are faced with opposition and difficulties, there ought to be an aura about you that you are acting like a princess. You're acting like a prince. You're royalty. You're not going to give up. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to shrink back, but you're going you're to lift your shoulders a little bit. You're not faking it but you have a presence about you that says, I am a prince, I am a princess, and I am not going to allow this to define how I act and how I respond. God, raise up men and women in this church that act like princes and princesses. Even in the face of difficulty, you can have a class about you that says, 
We're going to make it through, and we're going to get through this, and God's going to receive glory. Can I get an amen? amen. She was classy. Wasn't perfect. Didn't respond perfectly every single time, but she had a presence about her that says, God, I am a princess, and you are the king, and I pray that you will help me to endure, help me to persist, help me to persevere, help me not to give up. I want to have a child. I want to have a son. But even in the midst of this difficulty, I'm going to hold my head up high. My shoulders are going to come back, and I'm going to walk like a prince and a princess. And that's the way God wants you to live. And that's the way he wants you to respond to adversity. So how do you react? How do you respond when you are faced with turbulent times? Number one, I want you to see this and listen to this. Number one, how to persevere in turbulent times. Number one, understand that barrenness is not hopelessness. That's really good. Barrenness is not hopelessness. Now, when you are barren, that means that you are unproductive. That means that you are not producing. That means that you are fruitless. And I want you to understand, when you are in that kind of situation, when you are barren, when you are unproductive, when you don't feel like you are winning, that is not hopelessness. In fact, it's just the opposite. You are in a great position now for God to receive glory because of the situation that you are in. It is not hopeless when you're barren. Now, we've all been barren. We go through those difficult times, those seasons where, God, where are you? God, what's going on? God, I don't feel like I'm producing. I don't feel like I'm living the kind of life you want me to live. That is a barren life. And when you are barren like Sarah, you may be barren, but you're not hopeless. Can I get an amen? Now, we don't have time to go there right now, but let me read this verse of Scripture to you, and it's not in your notes, but just write this down, and I want you to hear the hope that is in difficult situations. If you are barren, if you identify with Sarah and you are not producing and you are not uh, bearing fruit and things are difficult, you are in a perfect situation for God to show up and reveal his glory. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. To keep me from being conceited. Everyone say conceited. All right, now let me have your eyes. Let's stop right there. When you are conceited, you are full of pride, and the pride is in yourself. God, I got this. God, I can figure this out. Lord, I know all the answers. I've been there, done that. I can, I can make this work out. That is being conceited, and that is pride. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So Paul says here, to keep me from being conceited because of these surprisingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. How many has ever had a, a, a thorn in your flesh? No, sir, it's not your wife. The, 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 this is something deeper than a thorn in your flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Hmm. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. 
I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecution. I delight in difficulty. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now watch this, church. Sarah was barren, but she wasn't hopeless. And the reason she wasn't hopeless was because when you and I are weak, when you and I are faced with difficulty, when you and I are faced with temptations and trials and troubles, when we are weak, then he's strong. And I would say to you today, and I would say, and, and we need to hear what Sarah says to us today. When you are weak, then you're strong. And Christ's power can rest on you when you are not in control and you don't have all the answers. So she may have been barren, but she wasn't hopeless. Why? Because Christ's power was resting on her. And I believe Sarah would say to us today, you may be barren, but you're not hopeless. Christ's power is resting on you. Allow his strength to flow through you during this time so that he can receive all the glory and all the praise. Barrenness is not hopelessness. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, I love this one. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 18. Uh, number one, barrenness is not hopelessness. But number two, when you're in turbulent times, you've got to remember that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Genesis 18 verse 11 says, Sarah was past the age of childbearing. It was impossible for her to have a child. But when God is in the scene, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So when you're faced with turbulent times, you've got to remember that with God, all things are possible. How many of you are here today and, and, and you've had at least one time in your life where you have seen personally God do the impossible in your life? Can I see your hand? Keep your hand up just for a moment. For those that don't have your hands up, I'm going to give you a few more seconds just to think. What about in the balcony? We got hands up in the balcony. How many has seen God do the impossible in your life at least once in your life? Look around. Hands up all over. That's a testimony of the faithfulness of God. And I hear God saying this over us today. Great is my faithfulness. Great is my faithfulness. Sarah, I know you want to have a boy. I know you want to have children. I know you're barren. I know you're filled with shame. I know you feel depressed and discouraged. You feel like giving up. But Sarah, great is my faithfulness. Act like a princess. Act like a prince. Hold your head up high and persevere and persist because with me, all things are possible. God is a God that is able to help us when we're faced with impossibility. Can I get an amen? amen? Number three, when you are faced with turbulent times, number one, realize that barrenness is not hopelessness. Number two, remember that God, with God, all things are possible. Number three, when you are faced with turbulent times, laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. The Bible says that a merry heart is like what? It's like medicine. And sometimes when you're faced with difficult times, you need to learn from Sarah, and you just need to learn how to laugh. Because life is tough, and life is hard, and sometimes all you and I need is just a good laugh. I learned this from my brother Chris. I'm hoping Chris is watching today online, my brother. My brother's a very successful insurance executive here in, uh, in Central Florida, and he had this little thing that he taught us, and Allie and, and Tammy, you're going you're gonna to remember this. Uh, uh, 
whenever he was faced with difficulty as a business owner, he just learned the principle of laughing. And it doesn't, make, doesn't mean you're making light of the situation. It's just a way of coping sometimes with difficult, serious situations. It's best just to learn how to laugh. And he would use the phrase, fantastic. So when trouble would come his way, he'd pick up the phone, he'd meet with an employee, he would meet with a vendor, and it seems like it all piles in all at the same time. And his response when he was dealing with difficulty is just he would just say out loud, fantastic. And it really does work. In fact, let's try that together. Let's say that. One, two, three, fantastic. Ready? One, two, three. Fantastic. That was his way of laughing through turbulent times. And sometimes you just need to respond, not cursing, but laughing. Laugh out loud. Find someone that can cheer you up. Find someone that can laugh with you. And when you are faced with turbulent times, just take a moment every once in a while and just let out the word fantastic. It's a great stress reliever. And that's what Sarah did. The Bible says that Sarah laughed out loud. She couldn't believe that God was picking her at her old age to finally have a son, and her response was, I'm just going to laugh out loud. Sometimes when you're faced with turbulent times, the best thing you can do is simply laugh. And in honor of my brother, just say the word, fantastic. Number four. I love this one. When you're faced with turbulent times, you need to laugh out loud, number three. But number four, you need to recall that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. In fact, that's what God says to Sarah. She's laughing, and God says, I want to remind you there's nothing too hard for me. Now, in your notes, I want you to look at your notes, and I I gave you a little sentence here, and I want you to fill in the blank. And here it is. It's in your notes, and it says, this is too hard for God, and I want you to write in right now, the one thing in your life that's too hard for God. Is it sickness? Is it financial issues? Is it personality issues? What is too hard for the Lord? And if you think that it's too hard for God, then I want you to write that in there. And I think you're going to come to the same conclusion that I came to. I can't fill in that blank. Because there is not a situation There's not a circumstance, there's not a problem that is too hard for God. And I want you to look at your empty notes. And I want you to look at that empty blank to remind you that with God, all things are possible. And there's nothing too hard for thee. And you know what we want to do sometimes? We want to say, yeah, but. I call them yeah, buts. How many's ever had a yeah, but? Like, yeah, Pastor Scott, that's good preaching. Yeah, Pastor Scott, I, you know, I believe that. But let me tell you about my problem. And as big as your problem may be, as big as your situation may feel to you, it is not too hard for God. And we need to remind ourselves, and I'm here today to help you and to remind you and to encourage you. Hear the words that Sarah would say to us today. Church, There's nothing too hard for God. Sickness and disease is not too hard for God. He's still able. And I hear the Lord saying over us today, great is thy faithfulness. There's nothing too hard for me. Can I get an amen?
Number five, very, very quickly, if you want to overcome and persevere in, in difficult times, uh, daily conquer fear. Daily conquer fear. Look in Genesis chapter 18, verse 15, it says, And Sarah was afraid. She was afraid. How many know that fear can be a crippling force? Fear is the opposite of faith. And if you live in fear, you are going to attract the very thing that you're fearing. But if you live by faith, then you're going to attract the very thing that you're believing for. You're living in one of two worlds. You're either living by faith or living by fear. And Sarah reacted wrongly because she was afraid. She allowed fear to dominate her. Uh, write these down. These are not in your notes. I'm going to give them to you real quickly. Let me give you eight fear stealers. Eight fear stealers that steal from you. Fear steals from you, number one, peace. Fear will steal your peace if you allow it. Number two, fear will steer your, steal your energy. How many know that when you live a fearful life, it takes all of your energy? It will steal your energy. Number three, it will steal your faith. Fear will steal your faith. Number four, it will steal your courage. Number five, it will steal your, your hope. Number six, it will steal your confidence. I'm going fast, but I'll go over these again. Number seven, it will steal your purpose. And then number eight, it will steal your passion. If you allow fear, fear will steal your peace, your energy, your faith, your courage, your hope, your confidence, your purpose, and your passion. Don't allow fear to steal from you anymore. Live by faith. Live by faith. Number six. Bruce, if you can go up, go up the keyboard. Number six. When you, uh, we're going to spend a few minutes on point number six here because I've rushed through because I want to get to point number six. Number six. When you're living in turbulent times, you need to remind yourself that God hears everything. Remind yourself that God hears everything. Let me have your eyes and ears just for a few more moments. Watch this. Sarah mouths off. She's in a tent, and God and Abraham are outside the tent, and Sarah mouths off and has an attitude. And she says some things that she shouldn't have said. And if Sarah were here today, she would say to us, Pinecastle, be careful what you say. Words are powerful. And she mouthed off, and she would say to us today, Pinecastle, be careful because God hears everything. And God confronted her and said, Sarah, why did you say that? And she said, I didn't say that. And God, as he was leaving Abraham, he said, be sure to tell Sarah that I hear everything. I heard what she says. And when you are faced with turbulent times, sometimes our words create the wrong culture. And Sarah would say to us today, speak words of life. Be careful what you say. In Matthew, I don't have it in your notes, Matthew chapter 12 says this, that one day we're going to be held accountable for every 
careless word we speak. How many of you are here today and, and you said at least one careless word this week? That word there, careless, watch this, it means lazy. Hmm. We just get lazy with our words. We're not thinking. And we just get tired and we say things that we don't mean without understanding that the words that you release create a culture around you. And she spoke some words that she shouldn't have spoke. And she would say to us today, in your fight to persevere, in your fight to, through the turbulent times, be careful what you say. And God reminded her, Abraham, tell Sarah, I heard what she says. God reads every email you write. He reads every text that you respond to. He hears every word that you speak and every thought that you think in your mind. He hears everything. Be careful with your words. Because once you speak them, they are released and there's power in your words. Now, write these down very quickly. I'm going I'm to take you through Proverbs real quick. And this is uh, uh, how to speak wisely. How many of you would like to speak wisely this week? These are all from Proverbs. And by the way, let me remind you, Proverbs was written by Solomon. Solomon's name means safety. Solomon would say to you today, I'm trying to keep you safe. I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. If you watch your words, you're going to be safe. But if you're careless with your words, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Be careful what you say. And Sarah would speak to us today and say, if you're going to persevere, if you're going to fight through turbulent times, be careful with your words because God hears everything. And you're going to be held accountable for every lazy word. I think we get lazy sometimes. And we say things we don't mean. We say things that hurt. We say things that cripple. We say things that are filled with doubt and unbelief. And the words we speak are powerful. Number one, if you want to learn to speak wisely, number one, speak nothing sinful. Speak nothing sinful. Proverbs 13.3, the one who guards his mouth protects his life. Number two, speak no idle words. Proverbs 25.11, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. Don't speak idle words. Number three, speak little. Speak little. Proverbs 10:19. Where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. Speak little. You know the phrase, less is more? That really does apply when it comes to words. If I were you, I would say less and speak little. Usually the one in the room who talks the most is not the most intelligent. It's usually the people that are the quietest. Be wise and speak little. Number four, speak wisely. Speak wisely. Do you see a uh, Proverbs 29:20? Do you see someone who speaks too soon? 
There is more hope for a fool than for him. Speak wisely. Number five, speak seriously. Speak seriously. Proverbs 26. Like a madman who throws flaming darts and deadly arrows, so is the person who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Speak seriously. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. amen. Number six, two more, three more. Speak in faith. Speak words of faith. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are detestable to the Lord, but faithful people are his delight. Speak in faith. Number seven, speak purposefully. Proverbs 15, 23. A person takes joy in giving an answer and a timely word how good it is. Speak purposefully. And then number eight, speak humbly. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. You know what Sarah would say to us today? Speak nothing sinful. Speak no idle words. Speak little. Speak wisely. Speak seriously. Speak in faith. Speak purposefully. And speak humbly. You want to live like a prince? You want to live like a princess? Less is more. God hears everything. He hears what you say about your pastor. <laughs> he hears what you say about your president. Every word we're going to be accountable for. And I pray that we will be like Sarah, a prince, a princess, using our words wisely and speaking faith into every situation. In Jesus' name. Would you stand up across the auditorium? Now I know you people are thinking about the game tonight. You're thinking about what you're going to cook. I've already put in my order for a, a big plate of nachos tonight. <laughs> Ask Tammy. I was in the, we were in the bathroom getting ready for this morning. I said, honey, can we have nachos tonight? I just feel like nachos. We're going to have nachos. You're bringing the dip. Jim, yeah, we're going to do a Bible study at my house. <laughs> a lot going on today. Nothing more important than this. I, I want to end with you putting your hand, and I know you, you're wearing masks, and I, I'm not, but I want you to just put your hand just to your mouth just for a moment. Words carry weight. Words are powerful. There's life and there's death in your words. And this week, if we're going to persist and persevere in turbulent times, we need to guard our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's not speak judgment. Let's not speak shame. Let's not speak a doubt and unbelief, but let's guard our words. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart 
be pleasing to you, O God. Help me to guard my words and to speak in faith in every situation. Father, we're, we're standing here today. It's a little awkward. We've got our hands on our masks. How ironic that we're encouraged to wear masks to protect the people around us. And yet sometimes we forget that our words can pierce through even a mask. And our words can bring doubt. Our words can bring unbelief. Our words can bring division and discord and grumblings and murmurings, complaining. God, help us to hear Solomon through Proverbs say to us, I want to keep you safe. I want to keep you on the straight and narrow. God, help us to hear Sarah today. That would she would say to us as she's cheering us on, be careful what you say because God hears everything. So Lord, I just pray that you help us today to speak faith, to speak life, to speak hope. God, to other people that are discouraged and defeated, help us to speak life into their situation. And we're grateful that through our words, life will be created and we will create a culture of faith to help us during difficult times. We're grateful for that today. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May God keep his hand upon you and may you respond to difficult times like a prince and a princess today. Hold your head up high, shoulders back. Walk like a king, walk like a queen so that God can receive the glory and the honor and the praise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.